Hello, everyone. This is That's a Rap podcast. Um, I'm the presenter for today, I guess, uh, Joe Downey. And uh, on the vis- the audio corner, because, you know, you can't see us, is uh, Matthew Parkinson. Hello. Hello. I'll be co-hosting with Joe today, and we're going to talk about some films that we've seen over the last couple of months. Yeah, basically, we're kind of like an audio letterbox in the sense of going through what we've watched and talking about ones of note. Imagine Kermode and Mayer, but less informed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both Kermode, I guess. Sure. Well, Simon Mayer's just there like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was a song used in one of these, but yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Right, so, Matt, if you want to go through... Um, uh, okay, so yeah. we're going to talk about six films today, spending about ten minutes ten minutes talking about each film. Uh, we're going to start off with Little Women. Little Women. Little Women. So I think we both had an odd cinema experience with this in the sense that if we were both just partial. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good film. I thought its yeah. plot was a little bit sporadic, a little bit all over the place, but at the same time, I don't know a lot about the source material, so right. I don't want to criticize it too much. But there is that sense of, you know, even if the source material is that all over the place, you need to kind of make it cinematic don't yeah. you and not just like you know characters doing things mm. that's the point of an adaptation so i don't know like i enjoyed it a lot i thought the performances were very good i thought the world building was very nice in it i was very drawn into the world of the characters i just i felt very warm after seeing it the is, film yeah, it's, it's, a warm it's just film. a nice wholesome film it's very very watchable yeah. i think it's like a very like you know cozy film to watch with your family on like Christmas Eve or something. What do you it's think just, of it yeah. as a, a follow-up to Lady Bird? Um, well, again, you know, uh, can't really compare films, but you know, it's, you know, I think Lady Bird, it was a masterful film, wasn't it? It was mm. really, really good. Uh, I don't think Little Women is quite as good. I know like they're very different films. Uh, I got a lot more enjoyment out of Lady Bird. I think it's a much more realized film. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'm not sure what else. It's it's odd because like you can tell that Greta Gerwig genuinely loves the source material. However, going into it as someone who doesn't know the source material and is going into it just to see a, a new Greta Gerwig film, there were just a lot of elements I didn't necessarily care about mm. and characters I didn't care about that I probably would have had I you know been a fan of the source material. Yeah. Um, Performance-wise, it's like a lot of great performances. Saoirse Ronan, Florence Pugh especially, like 100% agree with the nomination. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, Laura, and it's win. Yeah, as of recent for costume design. Costumes, yes. So, what were the nominees for costume design? Because we were debating this. Uh, the nominees were, if I can remember, I should have it's prepared. Mark, Mark Bridges. I should have prepared this. <laughs> so, Joker was one of them. Mark Bridges. Yeah. Uh, the Irishman, Little Women. Uh, Jojo Rabbit yep. and I can't remember the fifth one I remember it in my mind being stuck between uh, the costume design in Little Women and The Irishman particularly as Sandy Powell just had to costume design so many extras for The Irishman mm. but at the same time the costume design in Little Women is so great and so detailed it is, yes I remember watching a video of Greta Gerwig talking about how so the uh, the March sisters all wear different colors, and the and Mommy March, who is the the matriarch of the family, wears each color uh, of of the sisters to represent her motherhood. Uh, I just 
I thought was a nice little detail. Also, the costume designer uh, did Atonement, which also starred... Atonement's a very good film. Sasha yeah. Ronan. I uh, really like Atonement. How old was she in Atonement? Oh, gosh, quite young, because that was like 10 or so years ago She now, got a nomination so. for that as well. That was, yeah, 10 years before Lady Bird, wow. I think, so... Yeah. She was quite young yeah. when that was released, yeah. Um, other, I, I liked Chris Cooper in the film. There's a very warm moment between him and Beth. Mm. And again, we don't want to spoil anything. I but... just, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like with with the film, I think it took a while to find what the main conflict was right. in it. Like a lot of it was just nice characters doing nice things, and yeah. then you get a sort of again, I don't want to spoil it, but a sort of a love triangle. Mm. Between, I won't say who between, yeah, right. but yeah, um, yeah, and that kind of set the plot going. But that was like Act Three almost. Right. So I don't know. It it took a while. I think it could have been more refined yeah. as a script I think yeah just it's interesting seeing where Greta Gerwig will go from here so mm. she co-directed with uh, I can't remember is, is not, I keep wanting to say Joe Swanson but that's that's <laughs> Family Guy it's Joe Swanberg I think I'm not sure uh, uh, possibly yeah and then did Lady Bird and then Little Women and supposedly is going to be co-directing Barbie with Noah Baumbach and co-writing interesting well, it, yeah which will be interesting because mm. that could either be Really interesting. <laughs> That's the word of the day. <laughs> or, you know, something incredibly bad. So mm. that's our. And I you kind you have faith, don't you? That yeah. They'll do a good. It's it's interesting. It's like, what? <laughs> it what, is what, what do you think when it? <laughs> take a shot every time you say interesting. It's one of those things, isn't it? With um, when you have to a good director and a not-so-confident source material. It's it's like Dune that's coming out this yeah. year, how you have a source material that hasn't worked in a film But arg- really arguably Little Women has if there's been seven No, I'm talking about the Barbie one. Though. Oh, okay. Sorry, there's, I was talking... There's like over 12... Barbie films. Yeah. There's yeah. more... I think there's like 18 or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, I know Margot Robbie is a producer on the next one and is also going to be starring in it. Yeah. It would just be interesting. And Greta Gerwig's directing it. She's not co-directing, but she's co-writing. With Noah right. Baumbach. So but she's not co-directing? No. Okay. She's co-directed before, but... Um, Who with? I, I keep saying Joe Swanson. I think it's Joe <laughs> no, Swanberg. No, no, which film? I don't know the name of the film. Oh, it's, okay. It's okay. like a really old indie film. Right. Um, I should have known, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Swanberg, I believe, is his name. He's done stuff with Mark Duplass and... Okay. Jay, Jay Duplass? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I had a very just weird experience watching the film because I just... I, ultimately was underwhelmed but at the same time I could see why people wanted her to be nominated for best director because it's a like superbly directed film it's it's well directed I think it wasn't stand out in terms of its direction I think like it's I'd, sh- I'd say it should have got a nomination I think it's better than a couple of the nominees that this year right so it's better than I would put her in place of Tarantino's nomination I'd take and in Todd place Phillips of, out and in place of Todd Phillips yeah but I think there are other better directors who could have also been nominated. It's like Robert Eggers, I think, could Robert have Eggers, easily picked yeah. up a nomination. Safety Brothers. Safety Brothers, or like even Ryan Johnson, because that yeah, was a very well directed film, Knives yeah. Out. Mm. And, you know, I can understand mm. why they weren't nominated, but I think they, they should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, in short. <laughs> I, I love think... how a review just turned to some other people. <laughs> well, no, I, yeah. So, in short, I think Greta Gerwig was better than some of the best director nominees this right. year, but not better than, 
you know, other people who weren't nominated okay. who could have been. That's just my opinion. It's just the whole debate of how can something be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Picture, but not Best Director. Jojo Rabbit had that this year. Yeah. It, it's happened before. It's, I know, but it's it just doesn't before. make sense as an argument. Like, you know... N- like it, 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 it should, has same, happened. Same with Jojo Rabbit, I guess. But it's just it's yeah. an odd thing. But that's the also like I know me. Green Book. It's not a great film, right. but it, that was nominated for. Well, it won screenplay and picture. Didn't even get a director nomination. All right. Which yeah, rightfully so. <laughs> well yeah, but you know you know what my yeah. point is that yeah, yeah. it can it can happen and has happened quite mm. a lot in the past and yeah. So so like overall, Little Women is a wholesome film, but yeah is ultimately underwhelming for people that, I guess, aren't fans of the mis- of the source material. Yes, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It, it's a nice film. I would recommend it, I think. Good old cosy watch. Yeah. Should yeah. we do scores out of 10 for oh, wow. these films? I mean, we don't have to. Yeah. It's our uh, first show. We, we cannot We haven't planned it. much, guys. <laughs> we haven't planned much. This is the first, yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? We should have discussed this before. We should have. Sorry, it's fine. We'll, we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah. um, I oh, out of ten. I, I usually do out of five, but we've outside of this podcast, we've all argued my my way of rating. If it's things. easier for you, do it out of five because yeah. I do it the same way, so yeah. I can also do it out of five if that's right, out easier. Out of five, I'd, I'd say it's like a either a three point five or four okay. out of five. I, I agree. Semantics, but I would yeah, yeah, I would put it around that sort of margin as well. Yeah, three and a half. Yeah. I will say it was very interesting to kind of see the meta elements of the film where they comment on the author, who I'm struggling to remember the name, which is really bad, <laughs> but um, uh, how they comment on how it was similar to her life uh, writing Little Women. Um, I can't say too much without spoiling it. So, yeah. I think it's, I know what you mean. Yeah, nice little bow, but yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Really want to see Barbie. <laughs> Never thought I'd say that, but yeah, I'm really interested. I really want to see Dune as well. <laughs> Greta Gerwig directing Dune would be <laughs> interesting. And Timothy Chalamet as well. Yeah. Because he's in it. He's in both. Is he? Oh, well, he's in, in Greta Gerwig films and he's in Dune. Oh, okay. He's Paul Atreides. Or is it Paul? I'm not a big Dune expert. Neither am I. I just, I know it from Hodorowski's Dune. Yeah. And yeah. obviously the Lynch Lynch's one. Lynch's one, yeah. Yeah. Perfect, but yeah. Okay, great. That's excellent. Great little. That's our first review of the entire podcast. <laughs> and don't notice the amount of times we say like. Maybe, or maybe next week will be officially episode one. Will be officially. And this is like e-bird. an hour-long soundbite of just. <laughs> I was riffing. It's just a good old pilot. <laughs> yeah. All right. What? what I mean, was I, our next we're not one? sure how often we're going to do these podcasts yet, do we? It might be every two weeks. Every just two for weeks. Feasibility. Yeah. Given that I don't that think every week is. It's a bit packed. Yeah. I think. Given that we're like university students with grad projects that are... Yeah. Also, know. we've got Mondays and Wednesday nights mm. doing stuff. So it's just, I want to have a day off. This is true. <laughs> Who wouldn't want a day off? Maybe you're spending your day off listening to this podcast. I wouldn't know why, but... Tell us in the comments what you're you. doing on your day off. In the comment section of Spotify. <laughs> At us on Bebo.com. <laughs> is, that's a rap podcast. Uh, what is our next film? Our right? next film is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Or OAF, if you're on Twitter, trying to make it an acronym or anagram? Some people did, I think, for like awards buzz, just to... What's the difference between an acronym and an anagram? So an acronym is where you take lots of words and take the first letter from each one and put it into a single This is riveting material, guys, by the way. And an anagram is 
are two words that have the same letters but jumbled ah, up. So we are a dot dot dot. Well, so the one acronym. <laughs> so yeah, the one you were talking about, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. That's an example of an acronym. Again, this is the material you're going to be getting, guys. Um, <laughs> you're going to love it. Once in Upon a Time in Hollywood reviews, we have semantic reviews. <laughs> semantic reviews. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, we have. When did you watch it? Uh, December. The same. I watched it okay. uh, during Christmas. I believe. I either. watched it with my parents and my uncle. I watched it with my brother. No, wow, what a crazy coincidence. Excellent. <laughs> I'm really self-conscious about any other noise around this room. I can hear my <laughs> keys when I I think them. I was tapping my hands earlier. I need to stop doing that. I just, yeah, I saw it on the sound thing. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The uh, ninth? Ninth film? Uh, it depends how you count them. Oh, yeah. Like some people, you doesn't know, really add does up. Kill Bill count? Yeah. Just, you know. Technically the ninth uh, so second to last. I, there's a lot of marketing around it being Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, and it's because what he's going to retire at ten. Supposedly. I think. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah. He still and, wants to do other things. Well, supposedly he was going to do a Star Wars film, wasn't he? But that's Star Trek. Oh, Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Would have been very weird. Yeah. I, I don't see why. And I know Simon Pegg was very annoyed that Quentin was going to do it. I'd, it's, as it's, it's his tricky, baby now. It's tricky to picture, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's just a very R-rated. Because Tarantino's known for doing these sort of one-off films that yeah. are very much in their own world, whereas Star Wars is kind of Star Trek, is a you know, a pre-established mm. franchise, and it'd be weird for him to hop onto la- that to hop onto it. Yeah, we I, we should just call this show Tangents because, <laughs> <laughs> dude, we've got an hour. We, we're fine. Like we we were stretching with Little Women and got it to ten minutes, so we've got time. Trust me. <laughs> Don't be worried. Audiences, you're going to love our discussion about padding for time. <laughs> uh, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we both watched during the Christmas break. Yes. I ended up like renting it on Amazon Prime. Standard definition, so nice. it was cheaper. My parents got it for me for Christmas as a Christmas Lucky present. question mark? I mean, they, they got me a bunch of films. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to see it because I'm a completist and I wanted to see all of the Best Picture nominees. Are you glad you own it? No. And um, why is that? Well, because I didn't enjoy it that much i i would i don't feel the need to rewatch it i think but maybe i should i want to rewatch it but then it's one of those things where the more and more i think about it the more i realize the negatives within the film i just the whole film i think felt like the first draft of a screenplay in a way like there was a lot of ruben our housemate yeah he's the same thing the same yeah is it's he thinks it seems like a script that you know he hasn't Given, he hasn't edited got it, feedback yeah. for yeah yeah and it's just unfiltered stuff which makes sense because you know it's Tarantino and he's this right. big auteur he's a name why would he want he, feedback he has the <laughs> issue of yes men in his films I, I well think that's that, the, yeah it, that's what I'm saying as it goes yeah, up yeah. from Django and other films it just because this was the, the worst issue, part yeah. is where it just does way too much in one film well this is like the issue that Lucas had wasn't it with the Star Wars prequels like yeah. when he did the original three he wasn't really known so he had you know, feedback from other people, and he didn't even direct two of the Star Wars no, films, yeah. which is, you know, people forget that, but with the prequel trilogy, he directed all three, he had a lot more control, right. I think, so he was, you know, he had more yes-men on his side, like you said, so mm. this is the risk that I think older directors, older, more established At the same time, he, run the he risk had of. that quote, like, he said recently, our oh, directing is a young man's game, which George Miller will probably disagree with heavily. And Martin Scorsese. And, Scorsese. and Alfred Hitchcock. Well, I mean, and, not, not him. Well, yeah, but he was old yeah. for a lot of his <laughs> yeah. career, wasn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just when, when his greater films came out, he wasn't a young man, was right. he? He was, like, in his 50s when he had his best films. So, so is it true for Tarantino with this film? Um, 
I the s- statement. I see what you mean. Yes. Um, what the d- he, wait? Sorry. That, the d- he, that him becoming older is necessarily like dampening his film's qualities. Maybe that that might be a. a I don't know why I said qualities as if this is an essay. As in, like the <laughs> I, older I know he's getting, the more unfiltered the films are becoming. Yes, I the think more I think bloated. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true because it is it is a bloated film. There's a lot of material in it that kind of feels like it's it's not fully developed. Like the thing with Brad Pitt's character again, no spoilers, mm-hmm. but there's a certain plot point with Weird him cutaway. that doesn't really yeah. amount to anything or isn't really built up. But again, I don't know, maybe I'm missing something with that. But it's just it feels incomplete as a film. It's like notes, isn't what's, it? What's odd though is that I like some of the bloated elements. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, it's a hangout film. And I expected it to be of a similar place pace to Jackie Brown in that mm. it's a slow hangout film in Hollywood, it's just going through these people's lives. It's not necessarily about the spectacle that the trailer's promoting. Mm. That's when it becomes a bit all over the place, is that it promotes itself like this flashy Hollywood film with spectacle and the Manson murders and what this is going to be, but really most of the film is just two guys hanging out. Yeah, it's it's not really about the Manson murders. It's not is at it, all. When you watch and it. Like, does it, it need to be? It, it, it markets itself as like this cross-section of Hollywood, right. like the player or something, even though the two main characters don't really... Like, I, I get, like, with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, his sort of character moments make sense in the context of Hollywood. Like, you know, he's a washed-up actor, he's struggling, but again, it doesn't really amount to much. And the ending is kind of, you know... It's, bit problematic but yeah uh, the ending is very insincere and it's, insincere. it's like this weird bizarro world version that still comes across as rude even though it's well-intentioned but the thing is like tarantino has a history of of doing this in his films doesn't he like yeah. he he didn't tackle slavery in the most elegant way but he's it was... not nothing about tarantino is elegant no it's not because he he you know drango unchained was like 70s black exploitation meets right. Slavery. The most like elegant film War. of his is Jackie Brown, and that's why I thought it was going to be similar to Jackie Brown. Mm. It's a weird mix of like, again, I keep saying like, uh, <laughs> it's a weird mix of like the pacing and tone of Jackie Brown, but then thrown in with Inglorious Bastards. See, I haven't seen Jackie Brown, so I can't comment. But um... I think a lot of the slower elements to Jackie Brown is probably from the fact that it's an adaptation. Yeah, uh, of an Elmore Leonard book, I believe. I'm probably getting the name wrong. Again, I sh- need to do research, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so the Brad Pitt debate that we've had recently. Oh, whether he should have won the yeah, Oscar, which he now has as, um, as of recording this. To be so, um, we're going to get a lot of Oscar talk on yeah. this specific episode. I mean, obviously, as yeah. it's just happened. So I think. Looking at the Best Supporting Actor nominees, it was very star-studded, but also kind of underwhelming, yeah. I think. A little How bit. So? so, like, breaking it down, so you had Tom Hanks in uh, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, mm-hmm. which was kind of an underwhelming film, I think. Like, it kind of... Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. No. You haven't seen it. It kind of... It took... It, it wasn't really the right way to pay homage to Mr. Rogers, I right. think. Like, it didn't really go into detail about you know his good deeds and what it meant for you know young children everywhere it was kind of it was it was weird it, it didn't really does it come across as creepy it does come across as creepy it's it's directed in a quite a weird way yeah. like it, it tries to come across as wholesome and endearing but a lot of the moments are just quite unsettling mm. i think so, so and that's tom hanks tom hanks yeah. and then anthony hopkins so anthony hopkins and the two popes mm-hmm. yeah so he 
again, he was fine. Like, I, I have my own thing about the two popes i think it's quite a bland film i think it's blindly directed blindly we need, we written. need to get uh, will who very much <laughs> loves the two popes on this podcast yeah i don't think that. anthony hopkins did anything special it in wasn't the film. as good it as wasn't, jonathan price it wasn't oscar worthy no. i think he, he did a solid performance but right. you know he didn't have a lot to work with i think and it, i don't think it's oscar worthy and then you have uh, al pacino, pacino. oh buy me a coke <laughs> <laughs> you have al pacino in the irishman he was he was good but he was you know, again, it didn't wow me. He was doing his Al Pacino shtick of... Yes and no. There are a lot of elements where he's, like... He does a very good Hoffa voice and accent. He was good. He was... It's just there are a lot of Pacino moments in that film where yeah. it's like he's been given three reign to it's do like, his yeah, thing. It's 90s Pacino, yeah. isn't it, of, you know, shouting. Yeah. And then... Then you had Joe Pesci, who yeah. I think out of the nominees was the best and should have won. Mm. I think he was very... He he was quite subtle in his performance. I think he did a very good job. I think because he he previously won an Oscar for Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. I think, and he was this, you know, the loose cannon, right. violent maniac in Goodfellas. And in this, he's a lot more reserved. Yeah. And I think his character in The Irishman is kind of almost commenting on his character in Goodfellas, which oh, yeah, is it's good. Oh, d- deliberate. Yeah, exactly. Because the ho- and it, his character in that is kind of representative of what the Irishman is trying to do. It's right. a reflexive, revisionist film Just of age. Scorsese's yeah. earlier work and age. And there's, you know, other things in the film that hint at that, you know, cinematography yeah. and the writing. But I think Pesci's character really hammers home that idea. And what beat all of that was Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. And from what I understand, you were annoyed about this. I just, I didn't get the hype around right. his Oscar nomination. I think, you know, everyone was saying like, oh, he's, he's the best part of the film. He's He is. He, it, I guess, in a he, way. In a, I'd argue he carries the film. Both of them do. I, yes. I, I, his nomination is way more worthy uh, uh, to me than DiCaprio's was. I didn't think DiCaprio should have been nominated for best actor. I thought DiCaprio did a good job. I think there were better people, uh, people who could have been nominated instead of him. But yeah, going back right. to Brad Pitt... Um, I think my main issue with it was that he, from what I saw anyway, you, you, I know you disagree, but it just seemed like it was Brad Pitt being charismatic, which he is naturally. So I don't think it was Oscar worthy in that sense. Like he's very watchable and he is very cool in the right. film, but it didn't come across as he was pushing the boat out. Like he didn't seem like he was pushing the envelope with his abilities as an actor, hmm. in my opinion. So like I... I would agree in the in the sense of it would have been great if Joe Pesci won, mm. but I'm not mad at Brad Pitt winning because, yeah, it's Brad Pitt doing a lot of himself, but he, he just like specifically more towards the end of the film has to do a lot within a particular scene. Again, mm. it's hard to talk about this without spoilers. Yeah, yeah. He's. I know which scene yeah. you're talking about, and I, I see where you're coming from, but yeah. Sorry, I'll let you speak more. No, Sorry, no, I was just fine. interrupting. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, you, um, you had more to say about it. Sorry. Uh, no, honestly, my train of thought <laughs> went a bit. It's hard to talk about it without spoiling it. But yeah, there is yes. a scene where Brad Pitt has to do two conflicting things at once, um, both physically and I don't, I don't know the, another element of it. But okay, he he has to carry a lot, and it, within this final scene, it's both hilarious, but then also quite thrilling and leaves you on edge. And I think just purely off of that, it's a really great performance. Uh, you could argue Joe Pesci is being Joe Pesci, just but more calmer. Mm. So it's a similar debate. That's true. In that, oh, they're being themselves. or Yeah. You know. yeah. 
I mean, Joe, it's Pacino's not, being himself. It, it's like. not the first time that Joe Pesci has played a more reserved and subtle role. Like, have you ever seen Raging Bull? I haven't. No. He's he plays. I swear, there's some shouting matches in that. There though. is, but between him and De Niro, he's the right. calmer he's character. The calmer. He's yeah. the straight man to De Niro's chaotic energy, and right. it's a really, really good performance. Mm. And yeah, I, I don't know what the competition was like that year that no. he was nominated, but you know, he he could have potentially won for that. But yeah. Yeah, I'd say out of the nominees, uh, I would have chosen Joe Pesci. Uh, obviously, Willem Dafoe wasn't nominated. Yeah, that obviously, the that's big the big snub that everyone's talking about. So, but yeah, so going back to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yep. I just, I just think Brad Brad Pitt is great in that film. Okay, personally, yeah. I think he's very watchable, but not best supporting actor worthy. Okay, that's that's yeah. fair. Yeah. Um, what else about scores that out film? of ten? I guess. Well, I'm just trying to think. Is <laughs> overall, it's a bloated film. Yeah. Brad Pitt is great in it. Yep. Uh, Tarantino needs to get feedback. <laughs> I'm really another thing I'm worried about with this podcast, and it sounds wanky to say, but like, if on the off chance, way later down the line, I bump into someone and they're like, "I heard your podcast. You said some mean things about me." Well, yeah, I, I think you're allowed to give <laughs> constructive criticism. Right. Just don't be, you know. An asshole about it, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, you know, Mark. Hopefully, we Mark, haven't been you know, one. <laughs> yeah, film critics don't worry about giving negative feedback. You know, as long as it's tasteful and right. meaningful. Yeah, it's fine. So overall, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is uh, a slow film, but it is bloated in the sense that it has way too many elements clashing with each other that become somewhat indecent. Yes. And um, scores can get, out like, of five, or I'd give it a five or six. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you wanted to say as a wrap up, or no? I think we're running a bit behind, so okay. we should probably move on to the next. Film. What's but, our next uh, film? Uh, our next film. Did you want to give a score out of ten? I, I said. Uh, did, wait, say? did I say? I don't think you did. Oh no! Great. Uh, again, it's a like four. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Understandable. Uh, our next film that we're going to be talking about is The Lighthouse. Now, although we oh, are, wow. I wish <laughs> we are running a bit over yeah. time, but I think because we're again in very general agreement about this film, yes. and there's very little criticism to give about it, yeah, I think we can run a bit under on this okay. one. To be honest, can you try and uh, describe the plot of the lighthouse? Uh, the plot of the lighthouse is that uh, Robert Patterson plays a. He was a timber man who's now gone a lighthouse to, keeper. Who's now gone into a lighthouse to work as a wiki under the supervision of Willem Dafoe, who plays an older lighthouse keeper. Mm. And basically it's just about the chaos that ensues when they when two work man together. two two men are stuck in a giant phallus. And slowly go mad together. That, that's Robert Eggers was like, Yeah, it's about two men stuck in a giant phallus. <laughs> that's them going <laughs> mad. No. And it's great. It's so good. It's it, very, very good. I mean, very, very good. I, as much as I'm annoyed about it getting supposedly snubbed, I get it because I don't see like your average Academy watcher taking this very weird film on and being yeah. like, "Yes, I didn't this expect is what it I want to see. get a lot." Um, we got best cinematography. That well, was, it was it. nominated. Yeah. It was nominated for best cinematography, which is very understandable. Yeah, the cinematography it's... is very, very good. Just, uh, it very it recaptures those old photographs very well. And, yeah, uh, it's so good. Uh, I I did think it would get one nomination. I thought that one nomination would be for Defoe. Yes, because you know Willem Defoe has had it's a, a career best performance. Yeah, and he's also he's had a history of being the only nomination a film picks for an up. indie art film. For, yeah, for an indie <laughs> art film for the last two years I think because yeah. Florida Project was 
couple of years ago. Then uh, last year you had At Eternity's Gate, and now this year yeah. The Lighthouse. So I think most people were expecting him to be the sole nomination yeah. that this film got. And maybe cinematography as well. And would you say best original screenplay? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, in an ideal world, it would be. Well, yeah, in, a, in terms of quality alone, yes. In yes. terms of the Academy's <laughs> priorities, I'm not sure. Right. Because it's not a very political film. It right. doesn't really have a message as such. Yeah. What would you say? You can argue there's some things about masculinity in it. I suppose, but it doesn't have a sort of, like I said, a right. wide... It's, n- it's not trying to hammer anything home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not trying to teach you something, as it were. So... Like, directly. For the most part, we're just going to be fanboying and gushing over this film. <laughs> uh, because, duh. Like... It's great. It's it's very, very good. Just... Uh, it's Robert... got a very original and unpredictable plot, I think. Yep. it's It's one of those films where, because the structure of it isn't, very linear. You mm. you don't know what's going to happen next, and you, it is, you do feel the madness that yeah. they're going through. And it's kind of when you don't know what's going to happen in the plot, you are just left with these two amazing performances that yeah. play off each other so well. So and just brilliant it's writing. It's just a very, th- it's a thrill to watch. Really, yeah. Also, Robert Eggers is great at directing animals. <laughs> if like from The Witch to you, The you Lighthouse, do, you do know mermaids aren't real, oh. don't you? <laughs> Damn. Oh, I, was, I was hoping this entire time. I no, got him. <laughs> that, that, that seagull, which is apparently is apparently a British seagull. Right. They used two seagulls, apparently, for mm. the performance. Um, it's a scary seagull. <laughs> well, they, they did the same thing Best with... Best supporting seagull yeah, at the Oscars. That's the, that's the award we need. Because um, he did the same thing with The Witch, where he he's just directed a rabbit and a goat, and <laughs> it's terrifying in the film. <laughs> That's a, another tangent for another day. Yeah. But, but yeah, the film's very good. Uh, it's, yes. It, it, <laughs> Poster review. Yeah, the film it's very is good. very good. It really sucks you into the world that mm-hmm. it builds, isn't it? It's very original. Yeah. There's nothing quite like it. I think you, you know, it's Robert Pattinson, very immersive. He, there was like bits where he, I was like, he looks like Daniel Day-Lewis. He, my dad said that. Such so, a great yeah, performance. I saw the film with my dad at the um, BFI mm. in London uh, I also saw it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, And after coming out of it, my dad did say that his performance reminded him of Daniel Day-Lewis in yeah. There Will Be Blood. And I, I agree. It, yeah. it just annoys me that you, you think, you, even after The Lighthouse and Good Time, that people are still going, ah, oh, Robert Pattinson's a bad actor because of Twilight. Which he's not even bad I mean, in. He's just I, in a bad franchise. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how much people are saying it because I, I live in somewhat of a bubble. Yeah. Like, the people I talk to are m- mainly film students. I think trying so. to sell this film or other Robert Pattinson films as of late to yeah. the average, like, cinema goer. Yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously, be like, what? Yeah, most people I talk to don't, <laughs> No Pattinson as the Twilight guy anymore because I, you know, like I said, talk He's mainly to film students. Striped, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And he then, just needs to keep doing what he's doing, yeah, I guess, and he, people will forget. Yeah, <laughs> and then Willem Dafoe is just like he delivers such like Shakespearean type monologues. Mm, he does, yeah. And oh, we're just gushing now. It's not even. I look like oh. the dialogue is it's quite poetic, isn't it? The yeah, dialogue. I know it, it was, was written by Robert Eggers and Max Eggers, yeah. and it was based off of old Edgar Allan Poe short stories, I think, from what I've heard. That and they would research old sailor diaries yes. and yeah, saw yeah. a similar incident yeah. where 
two people have gone mad or disappeared. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. So it is very authentic it's in that sense. Ten out of five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Um, yeah, I I'd, think if I'd, we were to talk spoilers one day, we could probably go more into this film, and we yes. may do that at a later date. We might do, yeah, in a yeah. later episode. We'll, we'll see. For now, just please go watch it when you can, <laughs> and don't buy... I think it's showing an audio now, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Don't buy a US region code DVD for The Lighthouse, as, as I have inside done. joke there for us. <laughs> I mean, and it's just a lesson in general, because yeah. it's on Amazon. We, we've all made mistakes. I didn't... DVD-related uh, mistakes. Have we? Well, I have. Did I tell you about the time? So a while ago, this is a tangent again, I won't be long, but uh, a while ago I bought the DVD of Sleuth, the old Sleuth, uh, Sleuth the old version with Laurence Olivier and Michael, uh, Michael Caine. What is Sleuth? It's like a whodunit crime okay. right. thing. It's basically, what was the region code? Uh, there wasn't a region code issue, I just bought the film in Spanish, oh. and I didn't realise, I should have realised, because on the DVD cover it said Sleuth in Spanish, and I didn't even look. And yes. Not even the Spanish version of Sleuth, it just said Sleuth in Spanish. No. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I just, I bought it, it came, I played it, it was in Spanish. Oh I should have realised. We all make mistakes. <laughs> but that's another film you should all check out. If you like Sleuth. films with only two people as the cast members. Oh, what? Wow. Who go mad together in a house. What a great coincidence. Connections. It it's all wraps up. Excellent, excellent film. Perfect. Sleuth and The Lighthouse. And Both uh, of which yeah. I would give very high scores out of 10. So I'll wrap up and score for The Lighthouse. Uh, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. So yeah, The Lighthouse is just a great... Oh, sorry, four and a half out of five, if we're doing out of five. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> dear. I'm dyscalculic. I can't be... It's just divide by this. two, I know. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or would you give it out of five? Uh, so yeah, my, just in general, wrap up for it is just, it's a great gothic uh, film with great performances, and I'd give it a five out of five. Okay. Great. That's my... It's. I think we're, we're we need might, to work on our we <laughs> might go over our hour long slot, but that's okay because we have uh, this room booked for two hours. That's, so that's crazy. We're gonna go because we've got. I think we've been going for thirty four minutes, so we have got about twenty five ish minutes. Comment below the time code you got up to, guys. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> What's our next film? So we've got three films left to talk oh, about. Oh wow, we got bang them out. Yes. Uh, I don't want to with some of them though. Same with the lighthouse. I just want to gush about them, but we can't. I mean, the last two you can gush about. That's okay. why I saved them for the end. But the Thank next you. one, not so much. <laughs> because our next one we're going to talk about is 1917. Ah, great. We'll just have a quick-fire debate about do you, this. Do you want to go first, Joe? Just overrated. I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. Thoroughly so. <laughs> overrated film. Fair, yeah. It, you know that whole debate with Scorsese saying, you know, Marvel films are theme park rides? This film is just that. It's a theme park ride. Take away the fact that it's one shot is a fairly average film. But I think, I remember, um, we spoke to Jack, a friend of ours recently, who said that, you know, saying, oh, take away the one-shot right, element. Can, yeah. It's, you know, it's part of the film, it's integrated. I think he used the example of like, oh, you know, take the black and white away from Roma, and it's just, it's <laughs> not as good. But it's like, of course, because that's part of the film, you know? Take away the four-by-three aspect ratio from Grand Budapest Hotel, yeah. and it's... You know, I know, I know. I, I know what you're trying. I know what you're saying, and just, I can see where you're coming from. I, I disagree. I think yeah. it makes it its own very okay. well. I think it works very ha well. Realistically, how much have you thought about it after watching it? Quite Despite a bit from when we've debated it. Uh, quite a bit, I would say. Okay. I, I don't think it's my favorite film of the year. Right. I think it's very, very good. I, you know, I wouldn't put it 
if it it's, was to win Best Picture, how how would you feel about it? I'd that? be happy about it. Okay. I, I would. I would be very happy about it. Because why is that? Because I, I really liked it. I thought it was a very well-crafted film. It kept me on edge throughout. I think it was very, you know, there wasn't, every element of it was very well done. I think obviously the cinematography is great and production design's great and you know everything technical about it was masterfully yeah, crafted it's a really like yeah. technically well and made also film, like the but... characters were really good i thought i i you know i you don't know much about them but it, it was really good i thought okay. yeah <laughs> it was really good <laughs> it's uh, great yeah i i just maybe it's probably just a response to the amount of accolades it got i think yeah maybe i just mm. Like I totally I've seen get... better one take ish films, you know. Right, but I, you know, it's obviously Birdman is the obvious example, yeah. but it's a very, very different film course, from Birdman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a friend of ours who shall remain nameless <laughs> keeps comparing it to Birdman, and he should stop. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't you, by the way. This no, is no, I'm someone... trying. Yeah, yeah, we've named most of the people. Yeah, on the yeah, podcast, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out why really. he's remaining anonymous. <laughs> You uh, really like Thomas Newman's score on this, or is that you said that you know might what? be your bias? I do admit it's completely biased. Okay, a hundred percent. I I wanted him to win from bias. Okay, it wasn't. So your the, thoughts on the score in general? I I re- of that. the scores the score was great. It was very well integrated into the film. It was you know very very good. I can't remember a lot of it, but I I do have a bias because okay. I Thomas Newman is my all time favorite score composer. What's, what's your favorite Thomas Newman score? <sighs> That's tricky. I'm not sure. Uh, he's done so many good ones. He's done... Can th- you hear the aircon? Yes. That's, now that I've established it for anyone listening, <laughs> that's all they're going to be hearing. I but. think favourite Thomas Newman score. I think uh, American Beauty is great. Okay. Uh, he did Shawshank. Also Sam Mendes. Yes, yes. also Sam Mendes. He did uh, Shawshank, which is a very, very good score. Uh, he did a lot of great Pixar scores. I think the one he should have won for probably was Wally. Okay. I think because it's another tangent. Yeah, we go on awards based <laughs> tangents. It's I think Wally was the clear winner for right. best score in the year it came out because it, it's you know, Wally is basically a silent film mm-hmm. for a lot of its runtime and the score does such a good job at conveying the emotions of right. the characters, I mm-hmm. think. It perfectly it mixes that sort of old timey silent romp with with get back to 1917 modern age sci-fi it's great sorry <laughs> so, tangent wanted Thomas Newman to win out of bias yeah okay 1917 so the I score really like it. the score in 1917 is just purely just based off of bias pretty much okay. like I, <laughs> I think it's a very good score I'm not right. sure if it's the best of the nominees okay um, there is one great score moment in when uh, George Mackay I believe is and he said Adam McKay <laughs> Um, is running and the score elevates that scene perfectly. There are great moments in the film. I just think it is an overrated film. In in terms of what I thought was the best score of the five nominees, the one that got to me the most and that I remembered the most, I would say Marriage Story. Yeah. I would say Randy Newman Newman for uh, for Marriage Story. Mandy Story. (laughs) Can you imagine Mandy Story? (laughs) No. That would be great. I'd love that. Uh, But yeah, 1917... Bias, but really good. Uh, Joker, like everyone, I no, I need to let's re- not go I down need to this route because we, yeah, we haven't got the time. Sorry, yeah. 1917, yeah. So 1917 is a decent ride, but for me, 
is overrated okay. in the sense of it's purely based on that ride. Fair that, enough. That sounds and like I th- an essay. And I think word count it filler, being purely but... based on that ride is a very good thing. Like it's okay. pure action, it's pure thrill okay. from beginning to end. I think it's just it's very, you know, it's simple. Mm. It's great. It's masterfully crafted. There are some very good emotional moments in it. I think right. it's a film that I can't really think of anything wrong with. Hmm. I think that's my reasoning for it. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> What's your score again? I'd say nine, just in terms of nine. like, yeah, how well uh, it did everything. I gave like a seven. Sorry, out of five. Oh, wait. Oh, out of five. Damn. Out of five, four and a half. Four and a half. I, I Like a three. Okay. Yeah. Um, where are we now? Uh, 40 minute, 41 minutes in, just oh, gone. Wow. Uh, got 20 minutes left so to talk quick. about two films. Two films. And those are. I wanted to do a drum roll, but it'll, it'll, that'll peak. It'll mess up the. I nearly swore there. It'll mess up the sound. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> for all those young listeners who, <laughs> who are about to uni based. Yeah. For all those underage listeners who are about to listen to us talk about uncut gems. Family maybe, friendly film. Maybe not. Maybe switch off. <laughs> uncut I, gems. Uh, again, just back to gushing. Yeah. This is why I chose these six. Like, I, I chose. This is why I chose the audit. Like, I chose a few that we were kind of all right about. Mm-hmm. I chose one that would cause a debate and then two that we just, we both love, so. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. Just, so, we, oddly enough, we, uh, similar to Little Women, I had a weird cinema experience and I had the, I've had i had a similar experience with Little Women, Jojo Rabbit and 1917 where I've gone to the cinema and the first time I've watched something uh, with the hype of it and the expectations of it, I've come out apathetic or numb. Had the same thing with Uncut Gems, but maybe for other reasons, given the fact that I was tremendously excited for the film, uh, as I love the Safdie brothers. Even with that uh, like overhyping element, I still f- felt the need to rewatch it the next day, as you know, I, d- I don't think it's a one-and-done film, despite how quick it goes. Yes, I, it's, 1917 it's a is quick, but I, yeah. I don't want to rewatch it. That's fair enough. Yeah. Um, just, uh, it's anxiety. <laughs> It's the type it of is anxiety, yeah. The, I, I, again, I, I joked about it earlier the other day, but actually it was today. But uh, <laughs> I like to feel that in films and not live. Yeah. And well, Uncut Gems is perfect. Because I, I said to you, didn't I, that I, I made my parents watch it. and I'm so glad you made your parents I, watch I'm it. I'm glad as well. And after watching it, my mum felt anxious right. during the film, um, which is, she, she didn't like the fact that it made her anxious because she doesn't like films that do that, which is understandable. Is she going to listen to the podcast? I don't mind. She could do. I'm not saying anything bad. <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, just she might. a shout yeah, out. Yeah. Hello, mum. If Hello. you're listening. But yeah, she, uh, the film made her very anxious, which yeah. is exactly what they wanted to do. Did it make you it? anxious? Not really. Because again, like I've, I think with, you know, when we watch films, because we study them, it's, there's a kind of separation right. factor, I think. I, I I don't Still know. It felt incredibly on edge. Yeah, it made me feel on edge. It, like I was tense watching it. I right. was like, "Oh, what's?" Good? Especially at the very end, because mm-hmm. again, no spoilers. But the end is, I think, by far it's just the great the build up and scene. Yes, all like the things happening and how it, you know, elevates so well. It, it had me on edge. I was like, "Oh my god, can we just uh, conclude?" <laughs> all, all from Adam Sandler. Yes. Which Adam is just great, and I hope more people realize how great he is at dramatic yeah, yeah. acting. He's proven himself in the past a handful of times, and yeah, I hope he keeps doing it. Punch Drunk Love, Marit Stories. Yeah. 
it's just such a he's so good in the film yeah he's, because his character he's is very, very, very unlikable however because it's Adam Sandler he knows how to bring out make the character likable and yeah. bring out human elements because the character does a lot of bad things yeah but at the same time it's a character that has a bad addiction and also, is struggling yeah. with it so also, therefore he just, yeah is just messing other people about and making all the wrong decisions. And yes. that's where the anxiety comes from. Because whenever he's successful, he goes and bets it. <laughs> and with every bet he takes and every move he makes. And also... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, like... Sting is our latest guest. <laughs> <laughs> every bet he takes is just... Oh, I guess stuck in I can't head. not hear it now. Yes, I agree. Uh, Basically, whenever he has a chance to dig himself out of the situation he's in... I've got it in my head. I know. So um, have I. He goes and gambles, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Sting. Please stand by. <laughs> Technical right. difficulties. You know what I'm saying. So I know exactly what you're here. saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think I agree. Like he had so much of the character, like little idiosyncrasies, that make it a fully rounded 3D character that mm. make him more watchable. And also, he's just very charismatic, yes. isn't he? He's just very. He brings a lot of charisma. He's funny in yeah. the film. It it makes him very watchable in it. It's it's great. Yeah. yeah. And the Safdie brothers are just two directors I'm incredibly excited for and look yes. forward to whatever they do. Yeah. I've seen two of their films so far and Good Time and Good Uncut Time Gems. and Uncut Gems. I preferred Uncut Gems. Uh, I thought both films were very good, but Uncut Gems I preferred. Weirdly yeah. enough, the first time I watched Uncut Gems because everyone told me like don't drink like yeah like don't have a Red Bull or a coffee before this film because that film will already do it. There were still slow elements in Uncut Gems where there was good time is very fast paced. Mm. It's only really towards the latter half of Uncut Gems where you're like, ah, this is going so quickly and <laughs> yeah. it's leaving you on, on edge. And then the second time round to watching it, I just felt that even more throughout the film. But there are definitely more slower elements that are like just are more... To, in the vein of a Scorsese New York type film and because these are New York directors you just completely feel that environment especially through their method of street casting uh, or casting unknowns uh, or casting people to play themselves such as Kevin Garnett who is a basketball player for the Celtics and is genuinely great in and the, the weekend the weekend he's in it I think where he works in the film is that it just you know it's set in 2010 and the yes. weekend in or the 2012 I think yeah, yeah. yeah. that that era yes yeah, yeah. and the style of music like the style that the weekend had then it just that's his 2010 hairdo then and it it just it helped for knowing what environment in because it is a period piece <laughs> weirdly enough technically speaking yes <laughs> it's a 2010 period piece yeah. that has like very it took weird place details in the previous decade like it has <laughs> the old iOS and yeah, yeah 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 it's like you look at his phone and it's got that same sort of yeah. touchscreen as those yeah. old yeah. phones, like my first phone. It's, yeah. it's weird. Yeah. It's, it's just uh, little details like that. Is but yeah, the, fil the film is very non-stop. It's very energetic. Mm. It's There's not a boring moment in the film. It's 160 excellent. drafts, apparently. Really? The script, because the script took 10 years to make. Really? So they've wow. been trying to make this film their whole career, and through that, ended up making other films. <laughs> so they did a documentary called Lenny Cook, which is about a basketball player, there's a, there's a lot of basketball and uncut gems. Yep. And then through studying the Diamond District, uh, Josh Safdie was in the Diamond District and he met uh, Ariel Holmes and then made heaven knows what with her. And then Robert Pattinson saw the poster for that and they made good time together. So everything has been like 
a lead up to Uncut Gems, and you can see why. Mm. Oddly like, enough, when yeah. I watched Good Time, there were moments in it that made me, that reminded me of Uncut Gems. Sorry, other way around. Yes. Uncut Gems moments that reminded me of Good Time. Yeah. Like just the pacing in general and yeah. the score. Yeah. And the, you know, some of the shot types. Like they have these zoom ins, I They're think. They're very, from very, like very close up. Yeah. Yeah. Up close and personal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so good. It's a great film. It's a very, very, just very good watch film. Watch it for the performances, the score. Not just the performances, yeah, just everything, the really. Writing, the writing, the yeah. overlapping dialogue, the editing, the, editing the, just the general plot, the fast pace. Oh, it's, so it's very, very good. I want to watch it again, which you might think, why? Because it's just, you know, tense. But I watched it twice in a row, and I've, I've given myself a bit of a break, but I just... I wanted to watch it again before the podcast just because it's just a film you have to digest. I think, yeah, I agree with you because I've, I've seen it once now, but I do feel like I'll notice things the second time, not necessarily Definitely. in the story. Especially or the just plot. through the, the sound, yeah. the overlapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like multiple conversations going on at once that you'll pick yeah. up on later on. I think, yeah, in terms of story, I don't think I'll get much out of it a second time. But yeah, technical elements, I think, like yeah. the editing yeah. and the sound, you know, counting how many shots there are per minute. It's one of those. <laughs> it's a technical masterclass in a way isn't it on and just don't underestimate Adam editing. Sandler yeah I remember when uh, you were pitching it to me you were saying it was a lot like Dog Day Afternoon in a way yes. in terms of it's like the sort of non-stop storytelling yes. and yeah the well Very similar stakes that's not yes. a spoiler yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like similar stakes yeah a tense situation where someone is holed up yeah that's yeah, all yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. um oh. I know. I just want to watch it again now. <laughs> Oddly enough, Same. the both the both of the films that we're talking about now um, have a ten year build up in terms of writing. So yes. I think the goal to a great film is write it for ten years. <laughs> and after this wrap up, uh, so what would you? Ruben's calling me. Don't answer it. Obviously during the... not. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I, uh, I was <laughs> trying to segue then, but then I realised we needed to wrap it up. In terms uh, we've of... got one more film to talk about. No, no, but our, yeah, yeah. our thoughts. Oh right. Um, I give it a five. I'd give it a four and a half. I yeah. Think. Yeah. What what stopping you from making it a five? I don't know. You just you just you <laughs> I, see I four point five in your head. I very rarely give a all encompassing five. What what uh, encompasses a, a five? I don't know if I could put it into words. Well, the next film, I gave it <laughs> five out of five. So. Oh, that, don't spoil it, I guess. Well, you don't well, know what it is. but Oh, I, that is true. <laughs> but, you know, now we know immediately what you think of it. Yep. It's Parasite. It's Parasite. Segway. Parasite. Parasite. Best, Parasite. Now Parasite. Best Picture winner, Best International Film. Yep. Uh, best Screenplay. Yep. Best, yeah. Was there any other awards? So Best Director. Best Director. Best Picture, Best International, and Best Screenplay. Yeah. It's just, oh. I rewatched it last night. Yes, you uh, did. The day you? after yeah. the Oscars, because I just I needed it again. Mm. This is the third time I've seen the film now. On a third watch, I still feel like the moments that are thrilling. You still feel them again. It, it blows you away, doesn't it? Yes. On how like original it is it, and how much it's doing yes. at once. Like especially the montage sequence. But the montage that, sequences yeah. it is arguably multiple genres in one. Yeah, there's comedic elements. There are horror elements. Yeah. Just moments of like it balances its tone yeah. very very well. Yes, I think okay. So this is the difference between a four and a half and a five. Okay, like, whether it really just blows me away or okay. not. So like a and four. You, would you say Uncut Gems didn't do that? I would say like I was very impressed with it, and I couldn't really think of anything wrong with it. But I didn't come out thinking like, "Whoa, holy crap!" Right. I was like, "Oh wow, this is really really good." Mm -hmm. But with 
Parasite, I was like, oh, it's just master, oh my god, like, it's just masterful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. How do we, how do we describe this film? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, we can talk about its themes. Yeah, do, first of all, can you so, go through the plot and then. So we'll the take plot it from there. is it focuses on a poor Korean family who, uh, through a connection of theirs, are slowly integrating themselves into a richer family, basically. Yeah. And become parasitical. And is become that, parasitical. Is the, that the right word? Yes, or, yeah. I think so. Yeah, Perfect. we can Google it if you want. But, I think <laughs> but yes, they are the uh, analogous... Mm. Analogous. Ooh. <laughs> the analogous Spicy. parasite of yeah. the film, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it deals with class issues very well. Yes. Um, I saw a weird uh, backlash the other day where it's like, oh, this film deals with capitalism and uh, issues of rich v. poor and yet is at the Oscars full of rich people. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I disagree with the sentiment that he's playing into capitalism mm. through attending that event. Yeah. I, I don't know. What do you think I, of that? No, I think it's a little bit wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I think the fact it's, that this film yeah. is doing so well, uh, especially for an international film, yeah. because people do have bias and ignorance towards it, it just it speaks to everyone. Mm. Uh, I think in the, the way one of the reasons it deals with class so well is that you're kind of it doesn't really paint a, a vivid villain in a way, right. does it? Like you sympathize you, you with sympathize both for sides. both and you, you like, hate both yeah, and then with, you love with, both with the rich family yeah. in a lesser film you might have them being like openly Mustache rude twirling. and aggressive yeah. to the poorer family but they're not they are rude but yeah. it's in like microaggressions right. and like passivity like in real life yes. you know it's little things that yes. I don't want to spoil the ending or mm-hmm. like the climax but you know the scene I'm talking yeah. about at the end that happens because of like this build up of yes. those little microaggressions that, yeah, and that's how it works in real life. It's not like this big moment where it's like, you know, it's not like in Matilda where it's like, I'm big, you're small. It's little and things. Yet, they paint the characters so well. And yet, I think. due to the fact it's like any other film that had has so many genre elements mm. in different genre genre elements would become very convoluted and it its pacing is done so well and yeah. it's written so well. And like build up to certain yes. things that on I a, won't spoil. On a, yeah, on a rewatch, there are... The I've, foreshadowing I've, yeah. is great. I can't <laughs> wait to rewatch it because I've, I've only seen it once. Um, I'd love to rewatch it at some point. Just, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's... previous Bong Joon-ho films that I'd seen were Snowpiercer, Okja, and The Host. Mm-hmm. From what I've seen, because I haven't seen Memories of Murder or Mother or Barking Dogs Don't Bite, is uh, it's, it's Parasite is his best from what I've seen. From what I've seen, yeah, I'd also agree. I think it's his most realized film. It's his most well constructed plot. It's you know, it's, it's his, just it's yeah. a very beautiful looking film. It's very beautiful looking. It's very beautifully told. Mm. I think every element of it fits together so nicely. Right. And just the world that it takes you into is very, very compelling as well. Very great production design. The production design is great they in this built film. most of that. Oh, you saw that, I think, that Bong Joon-ho said in the lead-up to the Oscars that, you know, his favorite awards that it was nominated for were production design and film editing, yes. I think, which is, you know, whether it's just a sentiment or not, I think it's nice of him to point that out, I think. Cause he, you, you can tell he's taking every element of the film into account, which sounds yeah, yeah. silly to say, but people do sideline roles. Because he made the good point of saying that whenever 
an uh, international film is nominated at the Oscars, it's usually only the auteurs who get recognition, right. like Alfonso Cuaron yeah. himself, yeah. Uh, Inaritu, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, yeah. whoever else. It's the auteurs who get I'm mispronouncing auteurs. <laughs> the auteurs who get nominated, yeah. and you don't really get the technicians mm-hmm. and you know the editors and the production designers yeah. and the people. And, this fun, this film, know. this fun, this film just deserves every accolade. It and does, claim and I'm so surprised role. that it got. It, oh, for the acting? No, yeah. no, no, for each uh, on set role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like we said, the editing, the score, it, it does everything perfectly, yes. doesn't it? It's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're gonna hear a lot of it's great, interesting, like, um, and um. There you go. <laughs> We're not English students. We don't. <laughs> We're not well-versed in the English language. What do you think of the plan for it now, where it supposedly is being turned into a miniseries? Um, is that the right choice? I can see why they're doing it, because right. the film you know, is gaining so, so much traction right. now. So but is it, it the makes right sense choice? Profit. Um, I think from like a narrative point of view, it's unnecessary because mm-hmm. the film accomplished all it needed to, right. really. Like, there wasn't really a gap where it's like, oh, what happens next? Mm. You know, you weren't left thinking like, oh, you know, what What about this side of it? I think, yeah, it, it, you know, I can't really comment on it because it hasn't been made yet. It hasn't been released yet. So mm. it might be good. I don't um, know what the route they're taking is because it's produced by Bong Joon-ho and Adam McKay but they're eyeing Mark Ruffalo to star in it so I don't know if it's going to take place in Korea or if it's just going to be a completely new world or reimagining mm. the question the reason why I ask that is just because how how directed how directly related is it to the yeah. original plot because I know you're saying it takes place between it dep- two scenes yeah. but is it like just somewhere else in the world or is it like regarding that incident I I believe is regarding that incident. Yeah. But, again, vague, but... <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, so Snowpiercer was turned into a C- TV series. I can understand why that is, because it's based on a graphic novel. There are other elements to play with. Whereas mm. Parasite just wraps everything neatly in one bow and doesn't necessarily need a TV narrative that is stretched out. The thing is with Snowpiercer, like, I haven't read the graphic novel, but it's very contained, right. Snowpiercer, isn't it? I don't yeah. know how much... So like, maybe... <laughs> Just don't adapt Bong Joon-ho films well, into no, TV I'm, series. Well, no, I'm not <laughs> condemning either of these. Like, I, I'm honestly not sure. They might both be great, right? you know? Uh, I don't think they'll surpass the films that they're no. based on, but, you know, they might do a good job of world-building and exploring a different aspect of the story. They might just be cash grabs. Who knows? What, what do you think of Adam McKay being a part of that? In what? For the Parasite series. In what capacity is he a part of it? I believe he's the producer. But he sure he very may well have his hands in the writing of it or show running. I mean, yeah, I I know you're not a big fan of Adam McKay. I think he's a very good writer director. Uh, out of he's made what seven films, I think Adam McKay. I just realised something weird. We we did a sound test talking about an Adam McKay related <laughs> film, and now we're ending full circle. Full wow. circle, amazing. Um, is, is so Adam McKay. a tangent again? <laughs> Ad, we've got we've got time, dude. Okay. I mean, our hour's nearly up, but we can go a bit over. It's okay. the pilot. All right. Um, Adam McKay, I mm. think he's very good. Um, I really like his films. I think out of he's done, I think seven films. I was saying, and I'd say two of those I was not a big fan of. I think why I ask about Parasite being a series is that usually when 
a uh, a film gets turned into a series, it, it means that the the film had untapped potential, mm. and that a TV series through stretching that narrative out would benefit it highly. I'd say you don't need to do that with Parasite because it's perfect. Well, that this yeah, this is like going back to what I said earlier that it's very. You know, there isn't an element of it that needs right. greater exploration, really. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to Adam <laughs> McKay, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, you know, when, when you hear his, when you see his name on something as a producer, it's you can't really predict the quality of it because I think I was saying this to Dan, a friend of ours, a while ago, that there's a sort of traffic-like system with Adam McKay, I think. As a producer you're not really sure. As a writer, maybe good. As a director, you're almost certain it'll be good, right. I think. Because like, as a producer, you know, he's produced The Big Short, mm-hmm. but he's also produced Holmes and Watson. So <laughs> it's like, you, I you think, have no idea. I think idea. mainly going off no of idea. the Succession TV show, which I'm not sure. Did he produce that? Yeah, he's a producer oh, right. on it. Okay. Um, I've heard. Also by things. HBO, I believe, and HBO are d- picking up the, mm. the TV series for Parasite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That'll be interesting to see how that pans out. You know, Ad, go horribly Ad, yeah. wrong. Adam McKay is a good producer. Yeah. I'm sure he has a good business mind. I'm sure he'll do a good job of getting the pro- the project off its feet. I know that Bong Joon Ho said if the film was to be remade, he'd want it to either be remade by Ken Loach or Mike Lee. What do you Inch- think of that? Hmm. I haven't seen enough films by either director. I think uh, in the sense of dealing with the class divide. Yeah, and those are both directors that do that quite a bit. Have they done it well? In yeah, but a lot of films? not to the pacing of Parasite. No, because no, I know, we know I from think Mike Lee. Mike Lee, I, again, I haven't seen many of his films, but he's known for like slow mm. films, isn't he? Like I remember I saw Peterloo yeah. about a year or so ago, which I didn't enjoy. I thought it was a very sorry, boring. Mike Lee, if off the off chance no, it you was, happen I, to hear this. Yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it was kind of a boring film. It, it didn't really explore characters and classism it was just characters making speeches about classism really which is kind of and the difference between that and parasite is that what does parasite do that it shows okay it It, just shows shows not one is tell yeah Yeah. okay you you know parasite has characters doing things right and you know it it shows the divide whereas in peterloo it just has separate groups of characters making these long you know, speech these long speeches about class divide. That's what I remember from it anyway. Right. Maybe I need to rewatch it. It's been a while, but <laughs> I just remember it being quite slow, quite boring, yeah. quite shallow in <laughs> its exploration of subject matter. So have you, have you, you seen? You don't Pe- want an English remake of Parasite by Mike Lee or you know what? I, again, I'm not going to condemn it because I don't <laughs> like doing this. Of like, oh, this director will clearly do a bad job. Like, right. I I want to see it before I judge it. Okay. I mean, wh- wh- what do you think of? Peterloo and Mike Lee. I haven't have seen Peterloo, but I've seen uh, Mean Time and some other Mike. I've Happy Go Lucky. Okay. Um, it. I get why Bong Joon Ho would say that. Uh, they don't have the same level of uh, Mike Lee and Bong Joon Ho. One is caters to genre uh, entertainment factors, if that makes any sense. So, how how do you mean? Go ahead. Mike Lee makes life films mm-hmm. where it's a day in a life for someone. So like Linklater sort yeah. of films. Living so. in the mundane. Yeah. From what I've seen of Bong Joon-ho with Snowpiercer and Parasite. There's like, there's plot there's in his films. <laughs> entertaining parts. Yeah, there's it's like, like <laughs> there's a lot more structure yeah. to Bong Joon-ho's yeah. films. There is like a clear 
linear plot. It's usually a lot more fast-paced. You yes. know, things happen. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ken Loach. I, yeah, is, I, is I don't think Parasite would work as a sort of meandering day in the life of film because it it just wouldn't really because everything that makes Parasite great is the opposite of right. that really isn't yeah. it that's why I thought it was interesting to bring up yeah. the director saying but that's those not con- are the directors he yeah. would sort out but that's not condemning Mike Lee himself because not yeah, you know sort, huh I just I realised I had a grammar grammatical issue. I think I talked over it don't worry <laughs> I, it's, don't worry I, my Train crashed. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Sorts. If someone sort, I I said directors he sought out. Yeah. S S O U G H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Does that make sense? Yeah. He sought out a director. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because for some reason I just pictured like sorting out as if like no, I know what you mean. The S O R T. Right. Yeah. That's. Sorry, I just had a complete brain You you were correct in what you said. Right. So parasite. Yeah, yeah. Overall thoughts and opinions. Uh, five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah, honestly, go and watch and it. Go watch more foreign films. Yeah, yeah. It's perfect. Well, that's been us. That's um, been our podcast. For, We've for good run or bad. Just about five and a half minutes over our hour, yeah. so not too bad. Uh, there you go. Next episode, we'll refine it a bit. Actually, <laughs> prepare. We'll do better. Have a structure. <laughs> yeah. This Thank was this was like a listening. Mike Lee film. Yeah. This episode, yeah, next was. one will be like a Bong Joon-ho film. <laughs> There'll be structure, not just two people talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be just two people talking, but and we will have direct. guests to debate. We will so. have guests. Yeah, we're not sure who yet, but um, yeah, Bong Joon-ho. <laughs> that has been the That's a Wrap podcast. I've been Joe. I've been Matt. And uh, we hope you got this far. And uh, have a good day or good night. Or Thank you for listening. Any other time period. <laughs> Sign it out. Ciao.